to episode 9 of Floating Through Film. This week we start our series on Charlie Chaplin. Uh, this was my pick, so I will we'll get into that in a second of why I chose Ch Chaplin. But uh, before that, let me introduce our other hosts. With me today I have Luke. Hello. And Blake. What's up? And so I'm going to ask you guys in a second about what your guys' thoughts on Chaplin are and everything. But I guess I'll just give a little preamble on why I chose this one. I'll, I'll say a couple reasons. The two first reasons that come to my mind. One of them is because I kind of just like going in order of things when I watch movies. And I'm sure you guys have noticed that uh, somehow I watch movies. But like, I like going by director. And when I watch director, I like going in chronological order the best I can. Yeah. And so when thinking about uh, how to start, you know, talking about at least what I pick different series um, for this for this uh, podcast, I kind of want to go at least how I my personal favorites in order as well and Chaplin's you know one of the first and he's definitely one of my favorites so it kind of makes sense yeah and the other reason uh I guess this is more why I like Chaplin is I've mentioned this and I'll keep mentioning this throughout the podcast is uh I love movies that are um kind of have like a poetic nature to them yeah. and Chaplin you know like just with how simple how elegant a lot of his movies are especially when you know when he starts honing his craft in his later movies yeah. uh like they feel like they pack such a big hit, but at the same, uh, like they pack a huge punch, but at the same time they're very, you know, easy to watch. And we'll we'll probably say that a few times throughout this episode. Yeah. But at the same time, they feel like they hit you at the same, like especially with a kid, you know, when he starts getting his features. Yeah. But they still hit you very emotionally at the same time. And he plays that balance maybe better than anyone. Yeah. So honestly, honestly, the features kind of give him more time to hit yes. you, honestly, which is interesting. Yes. But no, and that's. Uh, and that's why I'm kind of excited to talk about the shorts uh, a little later on. But and throughout the course of the series, we'll get to see how Chaplin evolved as an artist, you know, from becoming a pure slapstick, you know, gag kind of com comedy artist, you know, like a lot of comedies were back then, to yeah. really, you know, trying to get a serious story, mel some melodrama, some serious story in there at the same time while still trying to keep the gags and the lightness at the same time. So like most great poetry movies, you're trying to find that balance between the two, so, and he did it in a really special way, but I'll, I'll stop for now, what do you, uh, what, what, like, I guess the way I'll ask you guys is, um, what did you guys think of Chaplin coming into this, and I know Luke, you've watched a yeah. decent amount of him, so we'll, we'll start with you. Do you mean, do you want me to ask, like, what, what I thought? What are your thoughts, yeah, what are your thoughts? Just what are my thoughts on Chaplin, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah coming into um, this. Well, yeah, my, coming to this, my favorite thoughts on Chaplin, um, oh, my favorite, you know, my thoughts on Chaplin generally, uh, what I like about him is that he can blend comedy and drama. He, he can make you laugh, but in the same time frame, to, like, make you cry, basically. He's so good at blending that together. Yes. yes. And I, honestly, I'm kind of I'm interested in seeing, like, diving in more and seeing, like, how he does it more mm -hmm. technically. But it's that's kind of what strikes me out for him. And honestly, watching all these shorts, uh, I've noticed that, like, why I like watching a lot of them is that through each one, no matter what you're watching, you can know he, like, had a passion for it. Like, he, yes. he like, put, like, his heart into every single one, oh, yes. which I really appreciate. Because movies that where people put their heart into are, like, they're amazing to watch. Like, even even if you might not like it as much as uh, and a lot of other movies. I don't want to interrupt you, but I guess a huge advantage of that is just knowing he was directing it, and he was acting, and he's in the yeah. center of every scene, <laughs> you know, so, like... Yeah. He kind of, you know, he had just so much control over it, yeah. like... He's just like, yeah. Uh, and the amount of different ideas he has throughout each one of yeah. the shorts and, I, and stuff like that. I can just imagine, he, like... He, he has to put his heart into it, you Yeah, know? I can just imagine, like, the concepts, like, he'll just, like, he'll be walking around the day, he's like, oh, my God, idea for another one. Like, yes. yeah, like, it's funny to think about, but, yeah, that's mainly why I love Chaplin. What about you, Blake? What, 
Have, have you watched a lot of Chaplin coming into this? No, I think the only or... ones I'd seen was, let me look for sure, but I know I'd seen the Gold Rush in Modern Times, and I think that was the only ones I'd seen before from him. But yeah, they were. Um, and so, like, I didn't really know, like, much about him. I enjoyed those movies I watched from him. Like, but whenever I watch these Charlie Chaplin movies, it's not like I was fully invested in silent films at the time. Cause like you were just watching, yeah, I was just watching them because they were classic yeah, yeah, movies. Like um, now, well, like last last year, maybe it was two years ago at this point, but I had I had like a portion there of the year where I just watched thirty silent movies. Don't remember what they are anymore. I'd have to look again. <laughs> but at that point in time, like you kind of just have to spend time with silent movies to like yes, get the flow of them, and that's movie. and so like I'm I'm more in tune with what silent movies are now, and so watching Charlie Chaplin this time, I was. I loved it, man. Like, it's just so easy to watch. <laughs> like, it, like, like you said earlier, he's easy to watch, and he just makes me feel happy for the most part. Like, yeah. he does, like, pull sadness out of uh, you, but... Yeah. I mean, some better than others, but it doesn't feel like cheap happiness. Yeah, it's not yeah. cheap happiness. Like, it's just like I enjoy watching this yes. guy, you know? Like, maybe, and, it's, maybe uh, it's because he puts so much passion into his, yeah. into his craft, but, like, it's it's just you can feel the enjoyment that he has for it, so it comes yes. through, like, and the, and the enjoyment I have watching it, so... Yeah. And, I, and uh, you mentioning that kind of remind me of uh, just the tramp character because yeah. we're gonna talk about that but like um it does like i, I said the <clears throat> word cheap happiness earlier the tramp you know whenever every time he has happiness it feels earned because he does go through a lot of yeah. you know, just bullshit yeah. kind of thing you know like <laughs> just doing his own thing but at the same time society is kind of uh you know fucking him over a lot so yeah they are <laughs> like i love how a lot of different movies are just different jobs where he has you know he's having to learn the hard way just getting kicked in the ass every yeah, time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah like what else uh i guess we're going to talk about more we're going to we talk, about, talk more about more throughout the, the we're going to talk about the series shorts, as well probably. but yeah so um i guess one more thing i wanted to mention and it kind of relates to what you were saying about you kind of have to get into the flow of silent movies to really they have get, a different flow for sure uh, yes yeah. and like part of that is it is kind of a it's a different film language than if you were watching a modern day film you know yeah uh, for, um just um from like the, uh, the way the characters move, right? The frame rates are actually different than uh, what we see in a modern day film. Yeah. To, it, it has to be, it had to be way more expressionistic, right? Because there was no dialogue, yeah. right? So like, that's another thing I really appreciate relating to Chaplin was, he, uh, his, he was very expressionistic. Like he had a lot of gestures, his face, facial reactions to things are amazing. Yes. But at the same time, his movies don't feel over the top a lot of the times you know yeah, they are very yeah. basic stories very simple characters that kind of thing yeah. and so then all the expression just comes from him mainly yeah. and that's what I really even love. though they're so simple and stuff like that he also is really good at uh, basically like basically representing like theme. he, he yes, he's very yes. very thematic oh yes, yeah yes. a lot of his movies he, are. he has some great ideas especially as he yeah. gets into the features right yeah a lot of he ahead is, of his time he's honestly. uh on the surface level it'll see very simple right like even a five-year-old yeah. can understand what's happening but then at the same time, he's commenting on something and what he thinks about society or something. There's, like, layers. You, you can enjoy it as, yes, like, an yes, entertaining layers, movie, exactly. and then you can also, like, appreciate it. Like a great poem, some... right? Or a yeah. you know, great poetry. There's layers to it. But... Um, and that's why, to me, like, he just... He's, he is one of the great film poets. Um, and I'm going to keep using this word throughout, but just, you know, the simple kind of... Uh, nature to his movies is what I really love yeah. But, yeah. Um, and I do like how he uses the same cat at least through his shorts and his and the kid like he uses the same people the mm -hmm. entire time basically and it's because it, you, you kind of just like the more you watch these people the more you're, you like get their tics and stuff like that and you understand like, like it's just fun watching them like because you're growing along with the characters kind of like 
I don't know. It's just like you're watching these people just kind of grow through like six years of working with Chapel, you know? Like that like, big mustache guy. Yes, like the big mustache up. guy. Yeah. The freaking, uh, how he's just like the driver and just stuff like that. Like he's 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 another big mustache guy. He's not okay. the big fat guy, but he's the other one. With it, the usually, big mustache, it usually so. is the bullies that he uses a lot, and, yeah. and the pervants, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Pervants. Um, but yeah, a lot of the bullies he uses a lot. <laughs> I reuses, but um, like, have you guys watched other shorts like a lot of Keaton or a lot of anything else? Or because uh, for me, like, honestly, I, I, I watched, watched Cameraman the other day, and honestly, from what I from side. what I've heard a lot, well, yeah, from uh. Uh, I guess I'm getting more into the comparison between Bus Keaton and Chaplin, but from, honestly, Keaton, Keaton was very heartfelt, although he didn't direct the movie. But yeah, I watched uh, Can't like I've seen like two Keatons and oh, I've okay, seen two okay. Keatons also. Okay. Um, I've seen the General and then the Navigator. Uh, we were talking about this before. We'll have to get into Keaton and some other silent uh, films, uh, some yeah. of the silent greats before. Uh, I mean, different a different series or something. A different series, yes. But um, I guess when we come back from the break. We'll just get right into Chaplin and his shorts. We'll start with the shorts, and then we'll finish with the kid. And, I mean, really, to talk about Chaplin, you have to talk about his movies, so... Yeah. We've kind of been stalling this whole time. I have been stalling this whole time. Uh, when we get back from the break, uh, we'll be back with Chaplin's shorts. Welcome back from the break. We are going to jump right into Chaplin shorts, and you know because there's so many, and um, well, actually the years don't span that much, but because it's so many, it feels like the years span yeah. a lot uh, because of, because of how many there are. We're kind of just you know we're gonna see where the conversation takes us, but we'll start it off with uh, what's your favorite short, or at least what's the first one that comes to mind when if someone in the future asks you. Hey, quick! What's the Chaplin short I should watch? Which one should I watch? You know that yeah. kind of thing. What? We'll start with you, Luke. What? What, what comes to mind first? Uh, there was a, I liked a lot of them, but my favorite was definitely uh, the bank. Uh, uh, what? I, basically, um, what I liked about it is like it kind of did the whole, you know, it was all a dream, but it kind of did it in a clever okay, way. Okay, so uh, for someone who hasn't watched it, kind of give us a ba- yeah, basic backstory. Basically, story. Charlie Chaplin's character is working in a bank, and he's in love with the secretary. And there's a bank teller. His name is Charlie Chaplin. Charlie in the movie. Mm-hmm. The bank teller's name is Charles in the. Or is it the other way around? You're right. You're right. Okay, am I right? Okay. We do we ever really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we know that Tramp's name is Charles, I guess, but. Um, yeah. Because he thinks his name is Charles in the movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Keep going. Sorry. So basically, yeah, um, he found a. I guess it was a letter, right? Uh, directed towards the bank teller, but he thought it was towards him because yes, you know yes. similar names. Basically professing her love, the secretary's love for him, and so he thinks it's hit him, and then he finds out that it was the teller, and then he basically imagines like the, the bank getting robbed, but at the moment, like as a viewer, I didn't know it was no, a dream at all. Because that, that's not unusual for a Chaplin short to all of a sudden some robbers come in and yeah. like, start robbing the banks. So. And yeah, and like basically he's like the hero of the robbery. He like beats up the robbers and stuff. 
in a very funny way, by the way. Yes. And uh, basically, at the end, he like is like he's you know he's the ultimate like oh yeah look like basically like a fairy tale ending like oh yeah he gets the girl mm-hmm. and then it just cuts to him with the mop and he's like he kisses the mop and is like and then he Cause, like because uh, the movie or the dream sequence ends with him kissing Edna but then yeah. right when he starts doing that it cuts to him uh, just sleeping while he's kissing the mop that he's yeah <laughs> and it's just it's hilarious and... but it's like uh, it's a good way because we'll talk about this and a lot of his shorts where the tramp actually doesn't get the happy ending and that's kind of what makes yeah, him great, you know, or it's not, sure. sometimes he does, sometimes he gets a happy ending, but sometimes he doesn't, you know, it's just, oh, yeah. the tramp just walking away all alone again, you know, because. Yeah, I think it's my, yeah, I love when the ending of the tramp, where he like, gives, he like, he writes the letter to her and then he yes. sees him walking Yes, no, that's off. a great one. The tramp yeah. is honestly one of the great, uh, it's, it's probably one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, it's a, one of the endings, that was the yeah. classic tramp ending. Yeah, but he, yeah, he's, he's really good at endings, so honestly, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I mean, it's just short, I don't know. Like, have you seen it? I haven't seen the bag okay. now. Or we'll go to Blake now. What's the, what's the one that comes to your mind? Oh well, the one that comes to my mind is probably shoulder at arms. That's what's called. Shoulder arms. Shoulder arms. Shoulder, shoulder arms. arms. Not shoulder at arms. Yeah. <laughs> shoulder arms is probably the first one that comes to mind. I really like the idol class and the fireman too, but um, shoulder arms is probably the first one that comes to mind just because it's it's so funny to me. Oh, like I don't funny. know. It's it's like not super. It's not it's not a serious like war propaganda movie or anything like that. At all. Like it is kind of a propaganda movie because he's like trying like. Poke, poke fun at the Kaiser, but at the same time he's very sympathetic towards the German soldiers. Yes, he know? is. Yeah, like, he, yeah. Because there's that one scene where where the general this is actually yes. this, this part down, yes. but the general's like drinking champagne. And he's telling all his other officers like pay attention to the war. Yeah, yeah. And he's just drinking champagne. The German general. Right? Yeah, the German yes, general. Because okay, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I think he's like abusing the big fat guy or yeah, whatever the yeah. big no, tall fat uh, guy. The way he shows the enemy <clears throat> army is so funny because yeah. the German general is tiny, but the yes. soldiers are like you know huge, yeah. <laughs> and they're all getting bullied by yeah, him. Yeah, and whenever Charlie like ends up like. Knocking the Germans, the German yes. captain out, like all, like the uh, the big guy, like gives him a big hug or something. Oh, man. No, I, I I just love that. I I love the short in general because it's like a lighthearted war story. It's like not supposed to be taken seriously at yeah. all. Like this is not how like like trench trench warfare was at all. Obviously, yeah. like uh-huh. he's just he's just making this to kind of just poke fun at the Kaiser, like I said. Yeah. But I just love especially the behind enemy lines part because that. Uh, that that part's hilarious. We'll get into that more whenever we talk yeah. about him sleeping uh, underwater. Him you know. <laughs> the sleeping underwater thing is just ridiculous. Or, uh, <laughs> and one of my favorite parts is, and I almost missed it the first time I watched it, uh, or when I was watching it. This, like, I, actually, this wasn't the first time I watched Shoulder Arms, but yeah, when I was watching it, um, when he captures the uh, the German soldiers, yeah. they just don't say anything. It's like, because. Uh, the scene before he like holds up his uh dog tags and he has the number 13 it's like oh and he's like disappointed because it's you know unlucky 13 yeah but then uh the title card just says not so uh not so unlucky 13 now or something yeah and it just shows him uh first it just shows all the german soldiers like just all the huge ones just walking and then it shows him at the end with all the helmets on his like stick yep. like yep. He can't, he's the one that captured them all and they ask him like how do you do it and he's like he like has no idea like he never explains or anything he just captured all those German yeah. soldiers. I love yeah. that. but there's a lot of good bits in shoulder arms for sure there's a lot of great bits I mean because I, I guess I'll uh, another question I'm going to ask after we finish talking about this is what's your guys' favorite gag and I know yours is from shoulder arms yeah. too right so we'll save that yeah. part yeah because that is probably maybe my favorite part of the movie uh, I mean it's um, everyone's favorite part I feel yeah. like I mean come on though <laughs> Well, okay, let me yeah, let me go to mine then. Um, that's the thing; it's tough. I, okay, I'll mention my first favorite, and then um, I'll mention my real favorite because I, I and okay. it, it'll make sense when I say it first. Because my first favorite is the first movie that he actually appeared as the tramp. 
the uh, oh. Kano Auto Races at Venice. Oh, um, yeah, I watched that one. I didn't really okay, get much enjoyment why out of that. Uh, the reason why I love it is because, it's first of all, the first actually his first acting as the Tramp was in a different movie called, uh, I think, uh, something with Mary Bell. I forgot the title. But his first actually appearance when it was released was Kid Auto Races at Venice, um, released in 1914. And uh, they used to do a lot of uh, little short comedy uh, one-reelers like this where they would just say, go to a live event and just do some bits uh, in front of the people there. Oh, that was an actual live event? Oh, yes, yes. He's act- no one oh. knew he, and no one knew he wa- who he was either at the time. Oh, that Think makes sense. So, like, they just oh. thought he was just some random comedian just like, and these auto races are literally going on right behind him. And, I thought that uh, was just an act, honestly. No, no, oh. all of that's real, dude. Like, and that's what makes it so cool, because if you see all the background, it's like, it's almost like a documentary. Like, you're literally at an auto race in 1914, but you just, but the, the whole funny part of it is just, Chaplin keeps going in front of the camera and distracting, you know, just trying to get in the way, like, like, you know, he doesn't, he's like acting like he's not, he doesn't know what he's doing, but he just keeps going in front of the camera and stuff. But if you look in the background, you see all the people just looking at, directly at the camera. They're like, because anyway, this is like real people at a race in 1914. And no one knew who he was too, which makes it even better. That's why, you know, no one's trying to stop him and stuff. They just thought he was some crazy guy trying to get in front of the camera. Honestly, I thought, I thought, I thought it was just like, I was like, why is he just like making a movie about him? I was like, damn, you didn't like it that much. Yeah, I was like, I didn't get it. I was like, why is he, why do you do this? And I guess now I need to rewatch it with that. Yes, yes. No, and it's only like seven minutes. That sounds funny as hell. No, it's funny. It's, it just, and just knowing it's more like a documentary version of of the Tramp, like, and his first appearance as well. Yeah. No, it's pretty great. But then my real favorite short of it, it comes down to it. It has to be uh, the the immigrant. Okay. And did you guys watch? Did you watch the immigrant? I didn't watch. That. I watched. Okay, the you definitely movie. need to. Because yeah. um, there's a lot of re- and I kind of mentioned this when I mentioned um, why I really was drawn to Chaplin and why I like him is that kind of poetic na- nature to him. You talked about it with the kind of layers that yeah. he has in his movies. This is really where I feel like he's starting to hit like. Uh, where he's starting to get a feel of what he want, he's trying to do, where, yeah. where he's trying to tell like some kind of social message of you know these people coming to the new world on this boat and they're all happy, but then he shows you the harsh reality of like this is what you're coming to, right? Like, yeah. This is the world you're actually coming to. But at the same time, he's there's still hope in it. But yeah. And another part of it is like he called it um, one of the, I think he called it the most touching movie he made, um, or the, the one at, he liked the most. Uh, the out most of all, of, like yes, even all the features. Yes, yes. Oh, so wow. I think he said that in his autobiography. Um, I just saw that quote. I haven't got to that part yet, but, um, yeah. but even outside of that, even if it wasn't his favorite, like, there's just so many great moments in it. Yeah. Like um, the when the honestly, I'm actually curious on like when he got the scene where it's like swinging I, stuff in the cell. Did he actually like, did he like use like do that with the camera? Uh, or it's apparently he, a camera. I initially thought it was the set. Well, I didn't know. I was like, I don't know which one it is, honestly. Um, no, but there's a scene where um the boat rocks while they're uh, eating, basically. While they're eating, yeah. and you see it looks like. The whole uh, both tables are sh- shaking side to side, and everyone's the moving. food's like. But yeah. it's really the camera, so honestly, oh. there's some good acting in that. Yeah, it's so. it's funny because like uh, him him and the guy across from only had one thing, so they kept on like taking turns eating and while it was rocking. It was like no, but uh, genius. I guess because uh, I don't want to. Spo- um, I guess no, it's not really a spoiler any of the immigrant, but I do want to mention at least because um, it's not my favorite guy, so it's, I, it doesn't count. I don't want to mention it now. <laughs> but, it doesn't um, count. <laughs> The very uh, and it, it's just a perfect way to introduce the tram too, because the opening of the movie is they're on the boat going to uh, you know New York City to see the Statue of Liberty, uh, and you know the uh, you know come to New York and everything. But uh, the opening shots are everyone's like throwing up, just really seasick. Yeah. Um, and it just shows different people, and it's like walking across, and you see everyone throwing up, and then you see the tramp um, over the side of the boat, 
and uh, it looks like he's throwing up because you just see him from behind and it looks like he's throwing up with everyone else and he's kind of shaking his body and stuff and then he, he pulls up and he was just fishing the whole time and he had a fish he caught oh catch, catches the fish he's like and he like looks right at the camera like smiling it's yeah. like oh it's so it's such a good way to do yeah. to introduce him dude um and the shot of the when he first shoots the statue of liberty that yes. was a really yeah, good yeah. shot honestly like uh, and okay yeah i'm glad you reminded me, reminded me of that because uh that moment is another one of the parts i was kind of aspects i was talking about with chaplin earlier where it's a hopeful scene, yeah, right? Like, oh, we're here. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's a very beautiful scene, like, because everyone's like, oh, we're here, and then you see the, from the boat's shot, from a boat side's view, the Statue of Liberty moving, kind of, right? Yeah. And it looks really good. But then the next scene, the literally the next shot is they start rounding up everyone, like literally like their cattle, like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, come on. they start tying them. Up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, because the, the caption says something like "Land of the Free," we're here or something, and the next scene is like uh, all the people, all the employees on the boat, like just wrapping up all the uh, passengers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's you know that kind of like that irony almost, you mm-hmm. know, perfectly capsulates the He's not gonna be, he's, he's gonna be honest more than just like you know, like I said, cheap happiness or cheap sentimentality, but yeah. Okay, so we mentioned three shorts. So we just get into okay. Let's just get into yeah. what's your favorite gag yeah, or yeah, favorite uh, gags if you have multiple. Yeah, no, definitely multiple. Yeah. I mean, I probably there's a lot honestly I could say because I mean, of course he's a comedic genius. I mean, yeah, especially his shorts. That's what his main thing was. Yeah, right? but Blake mentioned to me one one off camera that I forgot about that. That was hilarious. It was in Idol class. It's like the final like party scene basically, and he's he, he's he's basically okay. This is kind of hard to set up. That this woman has a husband, a rich husband, who doesn't really care about her, is a lookalike of the tramp. So then, she, at the moment, throughout the whole movie, she thinks the tramp is her husband. And then her... I forgot, how, how do you even get stuck in the night in the he armor? Just put, he just put the armor on for some... <laughs> he just did it just yeah. to do it. Like, I think he was going to go dress as a knight to the party. Okay. And then, like, his the visor just fell and got stuck, and he couldn't get up. Because okay. he was trying to take a drink, and then the visor fell and it got stuck, yeah. and he couldn't get back up. So, so basically, yeah, the the, the, the actual... The, the rich... The ri- I'm, I'm going to call him the rich tramp. The rich tramp got stuck in this knight armor, as Blake just said. And... Uh, and honestly, it's kind of genius because he probably did this just because he couldn't have. He probably didn't have the technology to have two tramps. Pretty no, much. probably yeah. not. Yeah. But and so basically, him and the tramp in the night costume, the rich tramp in the night costume, uh, sees the tramp with his wife, and then gets starts like you know, wanting to fight, yeah, the, fighting wanting to fight the tramp. <laughs> and so that now now the tramp and the knight are fighting. Now the wife's confused. It just it got it got out of control. It honestly. got hilarious because it, like. Especially whenever the dad comes, because, like, oh. he hates the tramp already, oh, because, yeah. like, the dad told him, like, he was like, you're married to my to my daughter, it's great, or whatever, like, he was, like, really happy, and then Charlie's like, oh, I'm not married to her, <laughs> and, then, oh. and then, like, he, like, gets into a fight with Charlie, thinking he's just, like, insulting yeah. his daughter, and, and so, like, whenever yeah. he's starting to fight the knight, too, yeah. like, he punches the knight in the face and just Dude. goes, like, oh, yeah. my, <laughs> you're, you're, you're my, you're my father-in-law, or whatever, and, like, yeah. you, you should be treated with respect, or something. He was like, don't you know my own, your own son-in-law, oh, yeah, or something like that. Oh my goodness! It just it's well, that hilarious. Movie, that part, that part of the movie is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's... What about you, Blake? What... I mean, my what, favorite. What comes to mind? Yeah, my favorite is is in Shoulder Arms, and that's the reason I didn't bring it up yeah, while yeah, I was yeah. talking about. It. And it's definitely whenever he's ambushing these like the soldiers <laughs> in his tree costume. Oh my God. Like the specific one. Like I love the the theme where he's just running through the forest and like hiding as a tree. But I just the one that got me just like laughing so hard was whenever he's just standing there. 
and they're setting up camp, and he's like, shit. Because <laughs> he's just standing there, like, just, just in the opening, and then, like, one the guy comes over. So funny. Yeah, the way he stands is so funny. And the guy comes over because they need fire, firewood to, to start a fire, and so he's starting oh, to, like, yeah. he's going to, like, chop Charlie up, and, like, he keeps on messing up, messing the axe swing up or whatever. Yeah. And so Charlie just, like, knocks him on the head, and then it's literally, like, he does it two more times because both the other guys see this guy just like unconscious next to this tree, yeah, <laughs> and I just like every time I saw I heard, I saw that I just thought of the Metal Gear saw like the Metal Gear Solid like whenever a, whenever a soldier notices snake in like a bot like in your box that that you're like hiding in it'll always pop up with like a red exclamation go like Bink! Mm-hmm. and like that's just always what I thought of whenever the, these like guys were just coming over because it's just so funny like this is literally literally what you do in like movie, in like video games themselves like you know it honestly is like that <laughs> just like murdering people and then like using like... that one spot because it's such a good hiding spot and they yeah, like do they always come never know yeah, the wiser yeah. it's just hilarious yeah. <laughs> and I love his like facial and this is just true with the off chaplain but his facial his face in that scene yes. with the tree like because yes. you can only see his face and like it, and it's just funny because it's not he's not even in a forest not to get in too behind the weeds but Luke was hating on the, the tree costume okay, before we started yeah. the podcast <laughs> until I had to prove him like it was actually pretty I forgot important. about that one scene in the forest and the, yeah. yeah and the reason I mentioned that was yeah because in the forest the tree actually looks you know way it better it looks really good but I when it just stands out in the him. field like that it just yeah. looks so funny like, it just looks like a yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the way he's standing too like with his arms just standing like two L's basically but okay, I'll get to mine and then maybe we can talk about. We'll just talk about. So maybe we'll just talk about the shorts a little bit longer before we get to the kid. But uh, I'll mention mine. Is did have either of you seen the pawn shop? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you the, the clock. You okay. the clock. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. I mean, literally, it's just because. Okay, so I'll set it up. He works at a pawn shop as like one of the employees, and you know, there's a lot of just different gags with the pawn shop and everything. Yeah. But then there's one scene where. Uh, I guess normally the tramp would never be allowed to like uh, I don't know maybe he did work as an employee but um, in terms of offering people prices for the items and stuff that's like one of the main employees you know but one guy comes in with his like clock and he's like uh, you know obviously wanting to sell it and uh, no one else is there so the tramp is allowed is the one that does like you know the, the inspection of the the clock to see if it's worthy to buy and <laughs> it's and it's kind of crazy because the pawn shop's only like 20 25 minutes or something uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's a two-reeler, but he spends maybe five minutes, and you never see this in a chap uh, in a, in like shorts this short where it's like they spend that long on like one gag oh, where it's yeah. just um, him inspecting the clock is so funny because he's just slowly taking it apart. You know, he like takes the steps to go to at one point. He's like using a can opener on it oh, at one point. And this guy's just watching the whole time, <laughs> and so he keeps doing this the whole time. And then, it, like, you can tell, like, three-fourths away, like, he knows he's, he's, he has, like, no way to put this back put together and stuff. <laughs> and so, like, he, like, at one point he takes the guy's hat, like, um, puts, uh, like takes all the stuff, puts it in the hat and everything. And then at the, at the end, he just takes all the pieces, puts them in the clock, and, like, puts it together and just gives it to the guy. <laughs> and it's just, like, oh it's just, like, oh the fact God. that he spent so much time just doing that one gag, like... Because usually most of his gags are pretty fast. Yeah. You know? Like, you know, he's yeah, one to the next, one to the next. But they spend, he spends a decent amount of time just taking part of that clock. You know, he, has, he must have had so yeah, much fun yeah. with that. That's funny as shit. That's dude. definitely my favorite. Or at least the one that comes to my mind first. There's definitely a few favorites. Like, I'll mention my other favorite too, because why not? Um, at the end of A Dog's Life, where. Um, you guys have both seen A Dog's Life. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, at the end of A Dog's Life, where he goes to get back the money that the other two robbers stole back from him when he's in the restaurant. 
and they're both eating and uh they're like both eating at at the end table of one of the at, at this bar and he knocks out the first guy and he's like you know there's like a curtain and he's behind the curtain and he knocked out the first guy and so he puts his like arms yes, yeah. into the other guy's uh oh into the yeah, other guy's yes, jacket, yeah yeah and he has to act like the other guy's not knocked out and so oh. he's like it's kind of like yeah. a place like uh, what's that movie that Weekend at Bernie's? It's like yes, it's like yeah, the original yeah. Weekend at Bernie's kind of thing where he's like uh, using this knocked out guy to act like he's still alive, yeah. and he does it for quite a bit. Like he does. Uh, There's uh, even a part where like they like clink mugs, yep, and, then, exactly and then like he points yeah. to something so he can yeah, like take yeah, a drink. And, he, and then Chaplin, you see Chaplin come up yeah. and take the drink really fast, and he has to act like he's drinking and everything. Oh man. Yeah, those are definitely at least the two that come to my mind first. There's definitely a lot that yeah. I could point to. There is. I mean, one, one, I love the when he's trying to get up the staircase in one a.m. Yes, no. Yeah, that was hilarious. Dude, like, everything at 1 a.m. is just, like, so relatable. Because it's like, oh, if you're yeah. up this late, and you're just tired of shit, and everything's yeah. going wrong, you're just, like, so depressed. Of course, <laughs> of course you're going to think the taxidermy rugs exactly. are real animal. Like, yeah. Uh, and then the bed was hilarious, Dude, the bed too. scene was just, like... At a certain point, you just do what he did and just lay on the floor. <laughs> and, and, then just, <laughs> and then the bed comes down and hits him in the face, basically. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, screw it, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sleep in the bathtub, honestly, yeah. at this point. Um, no, they're, all of his shorts are honestly really funny. Like, there are some that end weaker than others, on. Like, I honestly, yeah, no, like, they're, yes. like, so, like, the one that I watched that I thought was, like, this is a really weak ending is, like, Sunnyside. No, it definitely is. Where it's, like, is. I didn't get this entire time that she liked the tramp. You know, like, yeah, I thought that she liked the right. rich guy, and then, like, she just ends up with the tramp. And I'm just no, like, this, this is weird. No, uh, Sunnyside is very messy. It's a messy, yeah. more, more notable It's probably movies. my least favorite that I watched during this uh, watch I think through. that's First National as well. I think um, it is. Yeah, that's, that's one of the ones that criteria. And that's so. kind of what I want to get into is, I guess I haven't mentioned it too much, but or I don't even think I've really mentioned it, where over the course of these three or four years where he's making all these shorts we're talking about, he worked with four different studios. And I kind of want to at least ask, like... Um, could you tell compared to some of the earlier shorts versus some of the later ones that the stories do start to become a little more developed? You know, like uh, especially with some of the early tra- uh, yeah. Tramp shorts, shorts where it's I... the, the Tramp is kind of just a character. You know, he, like you're, yeah. not, you're not feeling as much sympathy for him. He's, there's yeah. not a lot of character development, and you start to get that more and more, especially yeah. you know, like with the dogs. That's what I felt. Arms. That's what I felt for yes. sure. It's like I the only one, I don't think I've seen. I didn't see any of the Keystone ones, and I saw the only ones I saw. I think were Mutual and First National. And so, like, the mutual ones are very much just basically, like, gag movies where you but are supposed good, to, like, but, like, they are uh, very good gag movies, but... Because uh, I don't want to forget this, but he did say in his autobiography that uh, working at Mutual was the happiest time of his life. Okay. And, I mean, like, you can kind of see that because the movies are fun as hell. Yes, like, yes, they are yes, really exactly, fun. yes. He got... It's, it's before he's trying to do more, for the time, experimental, you know, getting more story yeah. into the comedy, right? Yeah. It was, like, him at his best comedy-wise. Yes. And there have been a lot of people have said that, like... The mutual ones are probably yeah. his best. I've uh, really enjoyed watching it. The mutual ones. His pure ones. gag comedy yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, because like I want like the, 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 like I brought the fireman up a couple times. That the fireman is hilarious, dude. Because like Charlie Chaplin is not like like fireman at all. Yeah. <laughs> and like this guy, this guy's like, I don't, have you got have you? I saw the I saw the fireman. Yeah. Yeah, because like mo- probably my favorite scene is like he messes everything up. Oh, but whenever, yeah. <laughs> so like earlier he he won't wake up for the bell. And uh-huh. so whenever the fire chieftain tells him, like, to wake up for the bell or, like, you have to be ready to go whenever the bell rings, like, every time a bell rings, he drops what he's doing to go to the to go to go the truck. So, because he's the driver of, like, the fire truck, so he goes to the truck to drive to, like, or, like, it's not even a fire truck, I guess it's, like, a chair, it's, like, a wagon, like, a fire wagon yeah, yeah, still, because yeah, yeah, yeah. they use horses. But there was one scene where he's dishing out soup. 
And there's this guy. I think it's just like a newspaper guy or something. It's like some guy out, out in the front is just like ringing a little like bell like this. <laughs> like just ringing it. And Charlie literally drops the entire big pot of soup onto the fire chieftain's head and runs out there. <laughs> and I don't know why that got me. I was just like, this fucking guy, dude. I, I love the scene in that movie where uh, he's pointing the fire hose at the house. And everyone, yes. he's like, everyone's in front of him like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's I definitely I definitely get that in mutual though. Like he yes. he definitely seems to have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel then, like that's where two of his more known because you can kind of tell uh, the first national ones. I'll at least mention the ones I can remember is A Dog's Life, Shoulder Arms, um, Sunny Side, um, and the Pilgrim. Oh, I just and the kid actually the kid which we're gonna talk about yeah, a little bit. That's yeah. also first that was uh, first national as well. But what were you? Gonna I, say? I forgot I forgot about a really good gag. I don't know if you guys watch Payday. I haven't yet. Okay, that the movie basically he's he's like he's a bricklayer, and basically he's he's he like he's sitting on like a higher thing. They're all three workers are having lunch and sitting on a higher uh, like basically like level of what they're building, and there's a there's a kind of elevator thing you can put stuff on to bring stuff up, and they're eating lunch, and like the whole time when they're eating lunch, uh, uh, basically the top guy would like. He would like have his sandwich and he put a ingredient down on a sandwich and then the thing would randomly go up and then like the chaplain would get it and then he'd start eating it and he'd play something else and that go up and down it it it's hard to explain because there's so <laughs> much to, to it. Watch that, yeah. it it just it, that's I forgot about that part but yeah um, I should mention this because we are talking about shorts and it'll apply to all the silence but none of these had uh, full scripts he was way more of you know honestly a true comedian like improv yeah. you know like he loved being in the moment kind of thing. And there's a lot of stories of, like, he would just uh, tell people to build a set just to give buy more time so he could think of, like, what he wanted to do next, <laughs> like, things like that, you know? Because he yeah. just loved it. Honestly, kind of like, you know, a lot of, I'm sure a lot of comedians are when they're on stage, like, it is some planning, but they're also improv on the spot kind of thing, too. They kind of have to see uh, how they feel at the moment, almost. Yeah. And that's what, uh, I guess, because you mentioned this at the beginning when you said you like Chaplin, like how you can see how much of his heart he puts into it. Yeah, and, me and Luke both mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah we all kind of, yeah. yeah, we all did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's, I just love that. Just, just that aspect of not even having scripts, you know, like yeah. he literally had to be on the spot before he could really know. Like that's, you know, just total, he had total trust in himself kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. You can definitely see it too. And, no. def- and that'll just get more impressive as we get to his more story oriented yeah. stories coming up, uh, films coming up. Yeah. One thing I did want to mention before we get to like just the kid in general mm-hmm. is I didn't know until you told me, but I honestly I thought that they were literally one step away from just like putting voiceover in these movies because like I honestly didn't understand why so I, like like at least these Charlie Chaplin movies that we were watching, especially on Criterion, were like didn't have talking almost because it's like especially in. I'm thinking of like a the kid especially whenever he's like whenever the kid throws the baseball at the window and it breaks and then you hear the glass shatter and yeah, you're like I'm, they're literally just like that yeah. Was added after. yeah and I mean like once you said that it makes more sense yeah. because like at like if I was thinking I was like if they can do this then like what's stopping them from just like recording voiceover yeah. because like they're if it was if they were like this close then it's like and like I saw this in like the vagabond too where he's like playing the violin okay, and like yeah, he he add the violin playing in there yes. and. I like you but, said. Uh, you said that probably was that after, and that, yes. that would make a lot more sense because I was like, if they can add this stuff, then like, why didn't they just think to add voices no, no, to? Because uh, I mean, because Chaplin was, and that's I mean, we're going to talk about this later on in his career, but he was one of the directors that uh, moved from silent to sound. Yeah. And um, he did uh, because 
you're gonna hear throughout the course of this podcast his various scores, um, at least for the kid that he did. And obviously, at the time of silent films, you couldn't compose your own score at the same time uh, you did your film, right? Because it was just silent. You yeah. know, a lot of the scores that you would, a lot, the people at the time would hear during the silent films were live scores. Yeah. Right, because they didn't have the sound technology. But when sound technology came and people still liked Chaplin movies, he went back and composed his own scores for a lot of these movies. And I get, and like you said with the glass scene and the kid, it must he must have done that with sound effects too. Because I don't think Criterion would just add that unless yeah. it was him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that, like maybe Criterion YouTube people definitely would, would but like yeah, I don't think Criterion would unless they it definitely was approved would. by him. So yeah. I'm pretty sure he might have actually did what you're saying where he went back and added sound. Yeah, because like I was just watching these and I was like. They're literally just, like, literally one mini-step away yes, no, from adding uh, voices. And that's honestly, because that's how good they were at expressing what yeah. they wanted to express, right? Like, you can almost hear the sound without hearing the sound yeah. kind of thing, right? Yeah. Even if they didn't add it, really, for me, anyway. No, I mean, like, um, you, can re- you can read their lips. They're very good at enunciating course, uh, their lips. The best part, so. Chaplin's expressions and yes. reactions. Oh, oh yes. You know, that's honestly the best part. That is the best part, for sure. Um, no, that was just something I want to mention though, because that's that was something that went through my mind, especially watching the kid. I was like, they're so close, like <laughs> they're so close, like what? No, what? And that's honestly a great point. Like, uh, a lot of people think like when they think of silent movies, they just think, and it is a it is a it is a jump to some degree. Yeah. But at the same time, like, and it's hard for me to go back in time to how I thought about silent films before I watched any, but. It's not as big as a leap as you no, would think. It's not. You know, yeah. like once you start to get into it, you're like, you just oh, have I can to see watch. it. Like, like you're saying, you, you start to hear the sound yeah. uh, with as someone is at the time would have been watching it. You know, like it doesn't take. It's not that hard. You These just need to movies. spend a little bit of time. You, it with takes it. some effort. Yeah, yeah it does. Right? It takes like, a little like, bit of effort. Yeah. Uh, it's not as hard. Like it's worth. It's not as like. This is probably true with anything that yeah, uh, that takes a lot of time and uh, not a lot of time, but to enjoy. But it's definitely true with silent films it's not just like boring like i no. won't get what's happening kind of thing it, yeah. it is it's not that hard like and honestly i would love to watch a silent movie like back in the day like whenever they first with the live score, with the live uh, score. Yeah. because like that's something like i know in a page of madness they did like because yes. page of madness doesn't have it like it's completely Please, silent uh, like they didn't watch anything, on youtube but, yeah the, the music added is by yeah the music added. adds by other people so yeah. like the one i watched didn't have anything in because i don't want to hear music that other people I've had. Gone, i just like but, yeah no i can see both sides like, yeah i don't, I don't know but, but, mean, but yeah. like it, that that one like specifically had like a japanese orchestra with it every time like every every okay. theater like it had like like they just played different scores like it wasn't even the same score you know like it wasn't even the same music that they were playing all the time and it'd just be really cool to go to go back to like a Charlie Chaplin movie and just like even watch it in one in one city and then go like watch it in New York and then watch it in like LA. That would have been cool. Yeah. And see if the like if the orchestra is doing something different or like if the uh, that is if the score. I, I have thought about that like because because a lot of the live scores at the time were just local, right? You're watching yeah, the theater, yeah. you never know what they're gonna do. Like, because they because like you could drive to from LA to New York, but it would take like freaking a week probably back in the day. So. Like there probably there weren't many people that probably saw this like these movies in multiple different cities, you know. Like oh, you were yeah. always seeing it in just yeah, your yeah. city. And so. I mean, Chaplin was insane. He was one of the first mega movie stars. Yeah. You know, so he was being seen all around the world as well. Like, yeah, you know, no, like, that'd be interesting. Uh, like watching a Charlie Chaplin movie in France and see what they have. But, with that, but that's how powerful, at least, at least, uh, even if you're getting away from sound, how powerful his images are and his acting is, right? Like, um, even if the sound was totally different, no matter where you were hearing it. The real power of the movie is his acting and yeah. his gestures and the stories, you know, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, it works. It really didn't matter. It works yeah. with anything you put yes. on, put it, over. Yeah, it, because so. because the images are so good, a lot of music works with it. You know, yeah. <laughs> you just need some basic kind of good sounding music, and it'll it'll for the most part it'll work with a lot of his movies. Yeah, yeah. but um, 
we'll just we'll maneuver right into the the kid then um because i guess i'll mention that with the music is it is the music in this is great it is and it part is. of the reason why uh it's great is because he composed the music as well after like that we've been talking about he once the sound era started he realized he could go back and add music and sounds to some of these and the kid it just has a great score right from the opening it composed does. by chaplin and everything it's just it's just great listening to it uh, watching it this time but um i guess i'll ask you guys first or blake um we'll start with you what when i'm when you hear the kid his first feature i guess we haven't mentioned that yet his first feature film which is why we chose it for this um what do you think do you see a lot of differences do you see definitely similar uh, this okay, one's you, more you, sad we'll it's more yeah. it's more yeah. heartbreaking in certain points especially whenever you don't know like where it's going like yeah. like the entire last act of this movie is honestly really heartbreaking because it yeah. shows just kind of like the orphan system in america at the time like probably probably a hyper like a hyper realized version of it because it's chaplain but like this is probably like if they if you just if you just found, like if they like if the cops found out that you weren't this kid this orphan kid's like father you know like they would take him to an orphanage because yeah. like that's not legal in the eyes of the state or anything you know so like it's just a really harrowing you know like the the last act of that movie is really harrowing because you've spent the first thirty minutes of this movie loving these two guys like the the, the relationship yeah. these two these two guys have like the uh like the kid like the kid and the the tramp have and. To see him like forcibly taken away from his father, it honestly like like I was watching this at lunch and it was like kind of like almost bringing tears to my eyes. Like Charlie uh, Chaplin's sad, like fighting so bro. hard to keep his son. I'm yeah. like, damn, dude. This I think is, like, so uh, Benny Safdie said that he cries every time after he watched this movie. After the kid, yeah, it's a sad it's a sad moment because um, it's been five years, you know. Yeah, yeah. and uh, just the way he relates both of their lives throughout the movie, how you know they're very similar, just how they're both treated, how they're both yeah. up, that kind of thing. It, def- it definitely felt like. Chaplin beginning his like getting into his more sentimental you know yes. basically what he's mainly known for well, but, um, yeah. it's the he's yeah he's getting more into that almost like the swing of emotions he's fully swinging to yeah, that because yeah. yeah. he still has the comedy right there's some, yeah, 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 some great but it's not he's trying to see how much he can go to both sides you know how much yeah. can he, he like literally from scene to scene like uh there's the great boxing scene, yes. right? We'll just get yeah. it. We'll just start with talking about that, that scene. scene. The great boxing scene where you know, um, he gets the <laughs> he okay. So he finds the he finds the, he sees the kid fighting and he first wants to stop him. Yeah. But then he sees the kids winning and everyone's betting and he's like, oh okay, and he starts yeah, yeah. up and stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah. So when that scene ends, you know, everyone's happy. Literally right after that, Edna comes in holding the kids like he's sick. Like yeah. Right yeah. after that, you know, he doesn't even give you a break. Like yeah. a lot of it just is trying to see how much he can go back and forth with that. And that's kind of what this whole movie is. It's like yeah. a lot of swing of emotions. And yeah. okay, well, uh, before we get to the ending, because that's what I was gonna—I was just about to mention. But we'll get to Luke because I don't even think you've mentioned. Like, what do you think of the kid? Uh, I liked it. Yeah. Um, I, admittedly, I forgot to rewatch this movie. <laughs> so it's, I mean, we'll give you a break. You watched like what you said, fifteen, twenty shorts? Charlie Chaplin yesterday? shorts. And yeah, yesterday, in that. one day, I watched 20 Charlie Chaplin shorts, and none of them were the, sh- the kid, all right? <laughs> none of them were the kid. Uh, <laughs> but you've seen it before. So yeah, it was. Know. it's a pretty good movie, from what I remember. Uh, I mean, yeah, just Chap- Chaplin making you sad. It is you one know? of his more uh, sentimental ones. Um, yeah, for sure. Because he does get more ironic or more uh, sar- sarcastic in some of his other ones compared to this one. Yeah. Um, but I still like yeah. that. Like, even yeah. the sentimentality parts yeah. are really good because they... At the same time, they feel earned yeah, they because are. of the ending, yeah. you know, and because of what you're saying. Yeah, that, 
the emotional scene where he does get the kid does get taken away. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not... it, it honestly just feels earned in general because, like, I, you see at the very beginning, like you see their entire like relationship kind of like it does pass five years, but you see that the Tramp doesn't want the kid at the very beginning either, yeah. and that's one of the best guys in the movie too, where he's just like, where he just sees the kid in the dumpster, he picks it up and then puts it back, yeah, and the cop's standing there, yeah. and so. And so the cop, like, like he, the cop, he basically has to take the kid because the cop thinks it's his kid. And, like, and so, like, you just see, like, he didn't want this kid to begin with. And, like, you can feel their their relationship and how it grew in those five years yeah. just in that one frame. Just like, the one frame, yeah. Because, like, you, you see, I think the first scene after the frame is, like, the kid acting like the tramp. Yep, he's like sitting he's on the same sewer yeah. edge where the tramp was, yeah. or maybe a similar one. It's but, it's yeah. like right in front um, of the house. And the way they introduce the kid five years later is funny because yes. you see him sitting there, but then they and then you I think it goes to a wide shot or the camera pans to the cops just yeah. suspiciously looking on him like the same way he yeah, would look exactly. at the tramp, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then even his mannerisms are just like like he yeah. walks like he's the a tramp. Great he is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great acting performance by him. It is. Yeah. I love the scene. We need to bring up. What was, it was a scene where like the I forgot where I think it was towards the end of the movie. My mind's rusty, but when the whole the whole street and everyone turns into angels or whatever. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the ending. That's yeah. the dream I'll, sequence. Uh, okay, I thought that was right before the ending though. No, uh, okay, right yeah, so because I kind of wanted to talk about that scene. Yeah. It's honestly one of the reasons why it uh, this movie moves. That scene alone uh, takes this movie from like good to great for me. Oh yes, it, it changes does. A lot it does of the, to me. It too. Just, it changes, and that it's the same with the dream sequence in the bank that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Where it kind of just. And just as, it's a little way it changes the whole perspective of the movie where it's like yeah because we'll just get to that now with the dream sequence is it's after the kid gets taken away from him and um he's already gone through the chase and everything and he comes back home like really dejected and he just sits on the curb and he just starts to sleep and all of a sudden just one shot you can tell it changes to a dream because he's on the curb and it's just his uh, house or the apartment he's at the door looks all like you know, just rugged and everything. Yeah. But then one shot later, there's flowers all over the doors, there's all yeah. over the buildings and yeah. stuff, and you can just tell he's in a dream just from that yep. one shot alone. Like that's, that's yeah. all he needed. And then you see, like you said, the, the dream starts with him being in heaven, and there's like angels everywhere. And then his son, oh, not his son, but I guess the uh, John in the movie, yeah, John, walks out of the door in his angels, and he's like, uh, he's like basically telling the tramp he's got to put his wings on. So then the tramp goes to get his wings fixed and everything, and yeah. it's just a great moment of them flying yeah. around and everything. But then, you know, temptation comes in <laughs> up with these, like, dancing devils where they're just, yep. like, uh, tempting all the angels and stuff. And long story short, the dream ends even worse <laughs> than yeah, uh, how, uh, what had just happened to him because um, uh, he gets <clears throat> shot. Basically, spoiler alert, he gets shot. Yeah. Uh, the the yeah. cop shoots him at the end of the dream sequence. And so uh, the tramp ends up dead, but then right when he ends up dead, the cop is waking him up in real life. He's yeah. like, and so, like Yeah, so, like, it's so weird that and I, I kind of wanted to ask you this, but what do you guys think that why like why is that dream there? Like, what does that even? Why did he put that there? Because it doesn't seem. A, it's a weird ending for a dream, leading right into him actually having a happy end, a kind of happy ending. Maybe it's like okay. I, I, what do you think? I don't think it's a wrong answer. I, I, I haven't really thought about it. Maybe it's like Chaplin saying this could be the. This is like the. This is the. This could be what I could do as the bad ending, but then shows you the good ending okay, okay maybe maybe something like that he's trying to give you both endings yeah i kind of just i kind of just liked it I, I i honestly thought it brought like his whole feelings on the kid in general to like a to to like the forefront because it's like 
he's so happy with the kid. Like here, like this is his version of like of like this town, like this street with the kid. Yes. Like you know, this yeah. is how he sees it whenever he has the kid with oh, him. Oh, okay. Like and it. it's like whenever yeah. the kid like disappears, flies away. I can't remember if he flies away. It just disappears. Like the next frame, he's just not there. But like. That's basically death to him. Like he doesn't want to live, and like so the cop just shoots him. I don't know. Like, no, no. There's I know he runs happens. away, but yeah, there's something that happens. Well, because the kid flies away, or he just disappears. Like I know that he flies away, and then like the next frame, it's just like okay, he's so there and happens, then disappears. Well, but... what happens? Uh, why the cop starts chasing him is um. That's the jealousy, yeah, yeah, jealousy, jealousy. Yep. jealousy yeah, yeah, he yeah. starts hitting on a, a another yeah. guy's wife. Yeah. The, and what's it's kind of funny for especially for like a 1920s movie where initially the guy's like, and uh, the guy's like, oh yeah, you can have my wife. Like, yeah. Go ahead. And it's like you know heaven. But then all of a sudden the jealousy guy, uh, the jealousy devil comes up to him and it just says one word jealousy. And all of a sudden the husband starts getting mad at Chaplin uh, yeah. at the tram, and then that's why the cop starts chasing him because yeah. they have that fight scene, and then he gets shot um like that. Yeah. At the end of that. But I kind of just feel like that's just like. Like, his life is basically just dead if he doesn't have the kid with him. I don't, uh, that's yes. kind of how I viewed that. Like, this is just kind of, like, his ver- like how he views his life with the kid, you know? Okay, Like, yeah. it's just really happy. And he Especially wants him when they life, start so. flying around yeah. together. Oh, oh that it's, seems so, it's so pretty. Dude. It's yeah, so yeah. sad, though, too, because you don't know, like, the ending, the, the actual ending is, is coming. Yeah. But, yeah, what did you guys actually think of the actual ending, though? Honestly, I liked it. No, that's what I was yeah. going to add, and I guess we can kind of, we'll kind of close on that. Um, do you guys think it's just a pure happy ending? Because... At the, what I like about the ending more than it being happy, it's it is it is a happy ending, like it's a satisfying ending. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of honest. At the same time, you know, he doesn't get to keep the kid. No. You yeah. know, he's literally yeah. just going to visit uh, the kid at his actual mother's yeah. house. You know, like you know, he's probably going to have to leave. And like you could easily see another, another he could have just added one more frame where the the tramp is walking back after out of after visiting, oh, yeah. and he's walking down the street again, you know, all alone because he is kind of still alone at the same time, you know, like, yeah, he gets to see the kid now and everything, but it's, it's not his kid anymore, you know, yeah. like, yeah. unless they get married. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, that was possible. A tramp tra- married to a famous actress. Yeah. <laughs> not sure how that would work. Not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought of it as kind of happy, but as yeah. mostly, as, yeah. as mostly happy tinged with happy. a little bit, it's like bittersweet yeah. kind of. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. exactly, yes. Because at least he, at least he knows, like he gets to see. The kid. To see at least the kid's not an orphanage, you know, like yeah. like he thought he was. So, and honestly, like that scene where. The scene where like uh they stay at the hotel is really good because like he gets in, gives him the quarter or whatever, and they opens up the window oh, real quick, great, and the kid uh, jumps in the great, bed. Like, uh, I guess choreography. Yeah, I, I, yeah, like, probably choreography. Uh, right, because right when the the bo- uh, the guy in charge of the bed house where yeah. he's at. Like looks away. That's that's right. It, whenever he opens in. it, it's like yeah. two motions. It's so good. It's fast. so fast. Yeah, dude. yeah, it's so fast. Yeah. No, because I honestly love that entire scene in the in the bedroom or the hotel or whatever you want to call it because, like, you see first like, <laughs> he's broke as shit. Obviously, the tramp. Like, he doesn't want to give the guy any money, so he gives him the money finally. I think he ends up getting the quarter back or something because he goes to the bed no, and the pickpocket's there looking through his looking through his pockets yeah, in his yeah. sleep and I just oh, started uh, dying laughing. Well, that's, and that's, oh, it's such a great moment because the reason why he finds another coin was <laughs> so the pickpocket is in his pocket yeah. taking the coin out and then the tramp notices the hand holds it and he's like, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like surprised that he had a coin. Yeah. <laughs> so then he, he takes the coin, but then he takes the pickpocket's hand and has him search his other pockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, can he find some other That's coins? right. That, I laughed so hard <laughs> yeah, at that because great. I was like, the pickpocket, like, yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to pick his pocket in his yeah, sleep was just so funny. But then, like, even just the slow realization of, like, 
because he slowly zooms in on that uh, uh the re- the reward one thousand yeah, dollar yeah, reward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the before, yeah, before, yeah. like he's reading the other side, and then you like you slowly see him flip, and you're like, oh shit, well you know where this is going. And then, like, you just... It, it's it's kind of just harrowing. Like, that's yeah, where the harrowing yeah. stuff, like... this yeah. It had already started before that, but, like, this was supposed to be, like, a kind of safe spot. No, because remember... Uh, I mean, the, <clears throat> and I guess we should talk about one of the... We did talk about a little bit, one of the, but really how, where the whole movie is hinged on is the scene where the kid gets taken. Yeah. yeah. And um, just because I haven't... Fin- I mean, I'm going to... I'm trying to read his autobiography uh, while we go through the podcast. Um, but I've kind of read, like, his... How he grew up. And he did grow up in a lot of like, uh, because his parents were divorced and they were kind of they were really poor and everything. Like he grew up in a lot of like, uh, not orphanages, halfway but like houses. just halfway houses, workhouses. Like he was always moving. Like he worked at the, he lived at these different schools, you know, where you know kids and have parents that kind of thing. Hit, um, so he kind of like there's that even there's even that con. Uh, uh, there's even that title card where it puts in quotes like "Here comes the help" or something. You know, yeah. Like, Here comes the uh, yeah. basic good guy. I don't know what he no, said that's, exactly, I think... but I'll kind of try to find it. But I oh think yeah, it, it says was... quotes: "The proper care and attention." The proper care. And it's like yeah. the evil. Uh, yeah, the orphanage. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the <laughs> evil. Or, you know, because the reason why he's not evil, but like you can tell, uh, Chaplin doesn't like him is the guy doesn't even directly talk to the tramp. Yeah. At the beginning, remember he only talks to his assistant, and then the assistant has to tell the tramp like uh, uh, what he's yeah. doing. Yeah. And the tramp has to talk back to the assistant. The assistant has to talk to him, uh, the main orphanage guy. But then even better than that is the orphanage guy has to go and get the cop. Um, yeah. Like to even add on to it, right? The quote unquote proper care and attention for this kid. But really, the whole movie to me like hinges on hinges on that part. Um, but then the rooftop chase scene after, right after that. And you think, you know, that's when you really think he's going to lose the kid. But he actually gets the kid back. Yeah. You know, he, all the rooftop scene, yeah. he gets kid. And then the way he loses him, it's just... Yeah, that's yeah, why that it's, like, makes him end. even more sad. Yeah, it's like, because yeah. you're like, oh... We're like, those are the swings of emotions yeah, you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yep. Trying yep. to see how far you can swing you. No, because, yep. like, that, that, it obviously does hinge on, like, the kid being taken. The whole movie does. And that is... It's such a sad scene because, like, it's so obvious the kid doesn't want to, like, leave Chaplin. Like, he doesn't... Mm-hmm. He, like, he, like, even though it's not the best life, obviously, like, this is the life he knows and it's the life he loves and it's probably a better life than living in an orphanage like i mean at least he has someone that loves him so <laughs> like like a lot of orphans don't even have that you know but and at like, the same so time like, you can't even blame the doctor no right? you for when he comes yeah you like, because the kid is sick right so yeah. he's kind of the doctor's kind of doing the right thing too the doctor you know? is because especially since the tramp has at least no from money. his view yeah, yeah from the his tramp view. has no and money the kid is so sick, he can't right? properly yeah, yeah. he can't properly care like in quotation marks for the kid like like but at the, the same time, we've already seen the scene where, you know, he's working as a window cl- uh, glass uh, fixer, oh, and, you know, his kid is, and John <laughs> so is the one breaking the windows. Or yeah. my fa- one of my favorite moments is when John is the one cooking pancakes in the morning and trying to get the, uh, the tramp to wake up yeah. while he's the tramp yeah. is, like, lazy in bed. Um, and then the way they eat the pancakes, so like, good. he's like, you, like, they, neither one of them knows how to use any of the silverware. It's, like, it's amazing, like, yeah. just the way that little details yeah. like that. It just, um... And what's kind of insane is I don't even know if we've mentioned this yet. This movie is only fifty-three minutes, mm-hmm. and yeah, we're, you know, we've mentioned all these kind of different swings of emotions, yeah. these yeah. different character arcs, and everything. It's just all of this is packed in a little fifty-minute movie. And what I've noticed from you talking is like, Chaplin is like he's very, he he, he, he his attention to detail is insane. Like what you're saying about like you know. So is there something that comes to mind or? Uh, like um, like what we were talking about with the police officers, you know, like the 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 child care services talk assistant talking to the tramp you know like 
Yes, yes. He, and like, uh, you know, just everything about the way like, they uh, pay. Uh, yeah. like, like he so packs so many jokes into uh, in his movies that you kind you do need to watch them multiple times to really catch. It's even just the attention to detail of like him getting his wings for the first time and then scratching them with yeah, his hand, yeah, 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 like because yeah. they're itchy. Is like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's just so many. But then there's just these little. Oh, okay, I wanted to mention this before we stop. But there's these. He just and this is where he's starting to get going on his really like truly poetic images too, because like. In his early shorts, you know, they are just more for comedy, straight, com- like, what's the funniest thing I could possibly do? But in, in like, in like, in these, you know, he's starting to get there here, where it's like, the one I always think of is where Edna comes. She's already an actress later, you know, but she's still looking for a kid. But she comes to the, you know, that famous door where you know Chaplin falls asleep, and um, she comes and sits down on the bottom step, and you can tell she's thinking about her child, but she looks happy. But then John comes out, sits on the top step. And they're both smiling at each other. Yeah. But they don't, but, you know, but, like, John is looking at her like, oh, if only I had a mother. And she's looking at him like, if only I had, like, my kid. Yeah. But they don't know. But it's just, like, one single shot, and they're just smiling. But it looks, it's just, it's just so, it's such a powerful image just in that one moment there. And, you, you know, it's silent. You don't have to say anything. Literally. Yeah. Like, yeah. they don't have to put anything. And honestly, because that, that scene wouldn't have worked if you wouldn't have seen it early in the movie whenever, like, because she didn't want the kid either. And that's why she wrote the note saying, please look after this kid. But once she actually gets him stolen, she's mm-hmm. like, like, she, she she's tries like, to go right back. Yes, like, yes. yeah, she's like, holy shit, like, where's my kid? And, like, that's that's why, like, that scene especially is so good because she's giving away toys to the kids in need because, yes, like, that's yes. what she feels called to do because she can't do that for the kid that she lost. Or she doesn't think that she can do that for the kid that she lost until yep. she finds him again. But... Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, he just packed so much in all in this movie. And we'll come to that in later movies as well. Like we've been saying, that swing of emotion, that kind of attention. I guess I, I didn't even think about the attention detail. He is very yeah. detailed oriented, and I think, just knowing he had so much control over I his movies. I think all silent masters, like all the silent, like, best silent directors, had to be. Especially because they that. knew people were paying way more attention to the gestures. Oh yeah. And the movements people were doing, like yeah. this is kind of off topic, but I remember uh, I've been uh, when we do we we're doing the Fresh New Wave. I was reading uh, Eric Romer interviews. And he said the reason why he got into film initially was, and this was after sound movies that come out and everything, but he wasn't really a film fan until he started watching silent movies. And he realized, like, just the potential that existed in movies. And the main reason was that was um, he noticed how much various gestures mattered back then in the silent films compared to, you know, movies now where, you know, the acting is way more laid back, yeah. you know, way, way more naturalistic, whatever that means. But uh Back then, like you were saying, the directors had to pay way more attention to every movement people were making. Yeah. And that was true of the audiences, too. They actually had a smart eye. They were actually watching for the stuff that we would just miss completely, yeah. you know, a lot of the times. And that's what makes it cool, like what Blake mentioned earlier at the beginning, is there is a certain, you have to get into the flow of it. You know, you kind of have to watch 20 shows, you know, okay, you don't have to do that, but you have to watch 20 <laughs> shorts in one day. Well, you, you know, can. I mean, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's not the main thing, honestly. I mean, I watched like 10 in one day, so I can't yeah. say too much. But yeah. It's just so easy. Like, like yeah. we said, it's just so easy to watch Shadow <clears throat> movies. But any, I guess we'll we'll save our last words for later. I guess uh, I just, the kid. I don't even know if it's one of it's. I don't even know if it's in my top five Chaplins, which is yeah, crazy. But yeah. the dream sequence alone just puts it as one of my favorites, just because yeah. I always think of that scene when I think of Chaplin. Because yeah. I guess you know you pointed out earlier he does do that in other movies, but yeah, uh, like the bank. But it's we're gonna talk about it in later movies as well. But he loves the dream sequence, yeah. and I love. Uh, directors that can do a good dream sequence. So. Oh yeah, for sure. But we'll we'll end it for there for now. Uh, I think that's a good place to stop. Next week, we are doing 
A Woman of Paris for sure. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to do that was because that was he's not in the movie. Yeah. And so it's basically just him directing a different story without the tramp or anything. So I thought that would be great. And then we decided City Lights. Yeah. Because, you know, classic movie. It's like a bit off-putting because, like, I feel like A Woman in Paris is, like, a real, pretty lesser-known movie. And then City Lights is, like, its most known. Okay. So. Okay, yes. Yeah. It's a good uh, juxtaposition. Yeah, it's interesting. Too. Yeah. And so really, uh, I know I have to feel guilty because every Chaplin movie is basically great. But the two we're skipping is The Gold Rush and The Circus. Yeah. And, you know, both great movies. But Painful. I think the, the ones we're picking are definitely, I think, better. So those are the ones we're going to talk about next week. Yeah. Um, basically, but until then, see you next time. I'm tired of the city of smoke, stack, and steel. I'm tired of the grind of the factory wheel. I'm spreading my wings and I'm ready fly to the land of a wide open sky. I'm bound for Texas, bound for Texas, bound for Texas land to hear the moo and rattle of snakes and cattle. I'm bound for Texas land. I'll save up my money and look for a wife, a wife who'll be true and a pal for life. I'll build her a home and a room for a child with the roses around growing wild. I'm bound for Texas, bound for Texas. Bound for Texas land To hear the moo and rattle Of snakes and cattle I'm bound for Texas land I'll sing her a song At the end of the day A song that will drive All our cares away Sing of the prairie, the blue starry skies, and the stars shining bright in her eyes. I'm bound for Texas, bound for Texas, bound for Texas land, to hear the moon and rattle of snakes and cattle. I'm bound for Texas land.